campus of Reichman University. Fully booked. Read into it with Michelle Amar and Liras Levy. And welcome back. You are listening to Fully Booked on Audioversity, the voice of Reichman University. This is the podcast where we discuss our favorite books, discover new reads, and give you a bunch of new recommendations. We are your hosts. My name is Michelle. And I'm Liraz. And today we will be discussing pet peeves. Yes. So less like pet peeves about books in general and more just like pet peeves about like plot and writing and stuff. Um, so Liraz, like, would you like to start? Yes. I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't start with just general things that bug us with people and books. Well, yeah. You know, like, I am a person who doesn't dog ear her books, but I know people, like, I know that people find it really annoying when someone else, like, dog ears their books, but I'm not one of those people. What I find annoying is when people completely obliterate their spines for no reason. That's the only thing that would bug me about a book. A completely ruined spine. So, like, I don't really care that much about the way that people keep their books. Like, it's their book, and, like, you want to, like, break your spine, like, break your spine. Like, I break spines. You want to, like, write in your book. I literally write all over mine, you know? Like, like I don't really care because, like, I have my things that I do, and, like, what I hate is when people, like get mad at other people for doing with their books what they want you know what i'm saying because like i'll like watch someone dog ear a page and i'll be like "Ooh, like i don't like that but i'm not gonna be like how could you ever do that to a book like it's a book like calm down it's also their book yeah like if they spent if it okay no here's the thing if you're like borrowing a book like from the library or from a friend don't do anything to that book because that's not yours um, but if it's your own book and you spent money on it and, like, that's yours and you know that you're not going to be giving it away or anything, like, do what you want. And, like, who cares what other people do with their own books? Like, it's literally their book. No, I agree. For me, like, um, I love my book spines because I have them all, like, pretty and, like, organized on my bookshelves. Like, I don't care if other people, like, wreck their spines. It just bugs me when my bookshelf is ruined. And I had a friend borrow one of my books. And she, um, you know when someone, like, bends completely the pages so they can, like, read it? When they, like, fold it back? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It hurt. Like, it hurt my soul when I got the book back. And it was all, like, Yeah, because, like, that's your book. Yeah. Yeah, but, like... like, I don't lend out my books because I don't like when people... I don't like when people, like, touch my books and they don't, like... Give it, like I'll get it back and there'll be like pages ripped and I'm like mm-hmm. no like you can't do that to like my book so like I don't lend out my books but like if I'm touching my book like I don't care because it's like mine and like I know what I like what's fine that's true you know but like as far as that like I just I don't like like other people can do what they want like it's not a thing to me you know like I more care about like what's actually inside the book because like that's what I'm gonna be like wasting my time not wasting my time hopefully yeah but, like that's what I'm gonna be spending my time on reading so like that's more where I like draw the line for you me know? I also hate like when people kind of comment on what you read like ooh you're reading that book ugh gross that's like annoying. why why how dare you like that's such a disgusting book like how dare you read that I mean I hate when people like shove their noses into what I'm reading because I I read for fun so I like to read the books that I like to read and I hate when people like disparage what I'm reading it's very annoying so like my main thing I hate like first of all I don't like it when people like judge my book tastes Mm because like like literally shut up like it's a book like it's literally words on a paper but also like I hate it when like people don't understand that you can just like 
read something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love rom-coms, like, movies. I've spoken about this so many times before. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're obviously garbage, right? But, like, I get shit on for liking rom-coms all the time. And, like, it's literally just a movie. But, like, I can also... I can also understand, like, where there's, like, a thing, like, that's wrong with it, but I can also still enjoy it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I don't understand what, like, the big deal is, like, as long, because, like, you don't have to, you don't have to look at it in that way. I just happen to really like, like, criticizing things, and a lot of the things that I like to criticize are things that I love, and that doesn't mean that I still don't love them, mm-hmm. but, like, when somebody tells me that I shouldn't like something, that's, like, why? Yeah. Because it's bad. I know that it's bad. I'm talking about how it's bad, but that doesn't mean that I still don't find enjoyment in it. Because, like, reading is for just escapism. Exactly. And sometimes the things you enjoy don't necessarily have to be, like, the morally, like, correct thing. You know, like, I can read a book that's so toxic and so horrible. Um, and I can still enjoy it for, like, certain aspects or what I, like, connected with it. But still be aware of where, like, where it, what, what it lacks and where it, like, falls short, you know? Um, and I, but I hate people who like, who feel the need to point out these things, like be like, how can you like this book when this happened there? Doesn't that make you a bad person? Doesn't that mean you condemn that? No, liking something doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Cause like half of the books that I read are literally about like murderers and stuff. That doesn't mean that I'm a murderer. We don't like people who butt in where they shouldn't, you know? Yeah. Like if you see me enjoying a book. Don't comment. You can say, oh, it wasn't my cup of tea. That's fine. But don't be like, oh, my God, how do you like this book? It's so horrible. No, okay, so I think that where it's, like, for me, I just, like, I hate it when people say that, like, if they don't like something, then, like, okay, because, like, you can like a bad thing, but also, like, you need to understand, like, when people do give their criticism, like, that's just, like, their opinion. The thing is, is that when that person giving their criticism says, like, that you shouldn't like it, that's where the issue is. Mm -hmm. I agree. Because, like, if somebody's just giving their own opinion on why they didn't like something, that's not a bad thing. And, like, people should be allowed to say why they don't like a book. Because, like, if you decide to dislike somebody because they don't like what you like or because they like what you don't like, that's weird to me. No, I agree. Like, Like, you're not going to, like, you're going to be like, oh, I can't talk to you because you like this book and I hated it. Like, that's so weird. But, like, if somebody, like, if somebody is just, like, giving their criticism and it's something about, like, that you like... And, like, that's literally just criticism. Like, that's not them saying that you're bad for liking it unless they do, in which case, like, that's shitty on them, you know? Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, so I think, like, we just don't like people butting into our our books and what yeah. we read. Um, but when it comes to books specifically, tropes and books, plots and books, what are things that can deter you from a book? Just, like, tell you, no, I don't want to read this book anymore. I hate um main thing is the trope of like like the quirky girl and like the not like the other girls I really don't like that Mm -hmm. because it's just like breeding ground for a lot of girl hate in books and that really bugs me because like the girl hate it's always something that ends up being like well like girls in the book that the main character doesn't like will be going after like the main love interest and then in like their inner monologue they'll be saying about how that girl is such a slut and how that girl is such like she's like attention seeking and everything Mm -hmm. and like but you're going after the same guy and like there's nothing wrong with going after a guy that you like especially if he's single you know if he's not single don't go after a guy that's taken um that's gross but like if a guy is single you know like that's not 
like why shouldn't she because you like him okay but like she likes him also so like why shouldn't she like she doesn't know that you like him you know what i'm saying like yeah. i hate that i hate that kind of thing that like girl hating slut shaming sort of book right that was like really popular with like ya books in like 2010s and everything like i really don't like that i agree with the girl hating i think the, that's one of the things that literally can make me stop reading a book when especially when they put two girls against each other and it becomes very petty and very like stereotypical like what people think uh girls fight about or like girl fights are and i hate that because it's super harmful and it's it's very boring i've read enough books with this trope or with this like thrown in there that it's just it's very redundant it adds nothing to the plot and creates like a a sort of like antagonist but not really because it's it's because like what is she doing to be an antagonist she's just liking the same guy and, and the she, thing is, yeah. is that, like, if it's, a, if it's a book where, like, the main romance is, like, a love triangle, then I get it because that's that's the whole point of it. Obviously, like, if you don't like love triangles, then you don't have to read a book about a love triangle, you know? But, like, when it's, when it's a love triangle and there's obviously, like, two people that like the same person, there's going to be some animosity between them. But that doesn't mean that you need to resort to, like, well, she's wearing a short skirt, so she's a slut. Like, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know? And, like... So when it's a love triangle, you get that one of them is going to be the antagonist for the main character. Fine. But, like, you also, if you don't like that trope, then, like, don't read that trope. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's not only in romance. It's in a lot of other genres to, like, kind of um, distance the protagonist, if it's a girl, like, distance the protagonist from other girls. And so how she's better from other girls because she doesn't wear makeup or because she, like, wears pants instead of skirts and I think that's such a stupid thing I think we're so far beyond the oh I'm better than you because I don't wear makeup or oh I'm better than you because I don't like pink like we're so fed up by that we're done with that kind of like tropiness and stereotypical harmful behavior yeah because like let me tell you something I am exactly like every other girl that has ever existed okay I love the color pink it's my favorite color I literally hate beer like, I don't think that it's good, you know? Like, I listen to pop music. Like, it's it's fun, you know? Like, what's the problem with, like, being like every other girl? Mm-hmm. And when you say, like, oh, I'm just not like the other girls, like, okay, like... It like, just means you're not as feminine or you, you like, more mass... Like, mm. But, like, what's the problem with being feminine? There is not. Like, I'm incredibly feminine, but, like, so what, you know? Like, that's just, it's just, it's weird to me. And I don't understand why there were so many books that were pushing that. And, like, I was reading them because, like, that's what I was, I was reading a lot of YA at the time because mm-hmm. I was a literal teenager. That's what I was supposed to be reading. Right. Um, but, like, what was, like, why was it being literally, that's what I went through my own, like, not like the other girls phase when I was a teenager because, like, that's what I thought you were supposed to be to, like, get the guy. Spoiler alert, I never got a guy. Um, but, like, I just, I think that, it, I think that it's bad. I, another thing that I hate is when the guy, the guys hate the girl for being um, just like other girls. Like there's this guy and he's in love with the love interest, right? And he's so nice and respectful to her. But there's another girl who is very girly, very outgoing. You know, she might be more um, sexually experienced, but he degrades her and like disrespects her because, oh my God, she's such a slut because she sleeps around or because like I could never be like her and like because she's, you know outgoing and she wears revealing clothes so i'm not going to respect her but i respect women you know but only Only when they fit the type of girl that i want to respect exactly only when they fit the type of girl that i want to like 
associate with and i think also that's so on that ridiculous. on that same exact um on that same exact like track aside from like men just hating any other woman that's like not like the type of girl that he likes i i this is like a really controversial opinion but i don't like the i hate everyone in the world but you trope mm-hmm. i think it gets very like redundant and i think that it's like kind of boring i think it de- for me it depends how it's done like i think it's 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 you're right. Like a lot of um, a lot of books, just do it for just for the sake of like m- making the character special, like yeah. the character that the grumpy guy likes special. Yeah. But when it's done well, when it has a reason for yeah. it, when like there is actually like backstory and there's actually like it makes sense when it yeah. just clicks in the no, story. That's fine. I think fine. that's the I think that's the thing with most like with most tropes that if it's done well, mm-hmm. you can forgive a lot. Same with love triangles. You know? Yeah. Like I I actually don't hate love triangles. I don't like them. So I don't hate them. I just like I don't necessarily gravitate towards them but if I see it in a book it's not something that I'm gonna be like ew and throw away you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying but I think that it goes with any trope as long as it's written well well most tropes as long as it's written well then it can it can work you know and I feel like that's the thing with um I hate everyone in the world but you because a lot of the times at least from the ones that I've read um the like the authors sort of just use it and they end up making the main guy because it's always the guy that hates everyone in the world Mm -hmm. not like the girl that hates everybody um they always end up making the guy just like an asshole you know what i'm saying and like it never like it's an excuse that's why he's so horrible to every single person like oh i just like hate everybody but there's like no reason he's just supposed to be like a bad boy and like i just i haven't i haven't read any i don't think i have read any that like did it well mm-hmm. but i mean that's just like if i if there are i'm sure that there are i just like the ones that i'm talking about are like the ones that do it bad yeah you know oh uh there's one thing that i hate like most in books no matter how well you can do it and that's cheating i cannot stand cheating in books i but that's also because i mostly read romance books and cheating for me in romance books just completely like Cheating in a it's romance just, book means that, like, it's something that's getting in the way of the main couple. and like. That's, but if the like, main couple yeah. cheats on each other, Yeah, like, that that's is the thing. Because, okay. like, cause, like, when you do it in a romance book, it's, like, you know that couple is probably going to end up together. Unless it, like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, why are you put throwing in cheating in that main couple? You get, you get it? Like, yeah, it's, just, like, it's, I feel like it's, it's not good. No, I just, it's just one of the things that I hate most. Because I read books to, like, feel happiness and to, like, like the characters. But I cannot like someone who actively, like, I understand, like, sometimes, you know, people try to excuse cheating and be like, oh, you know, it was such a difficult, like, um, time or relationship and cheating was okay at the time. But I, it's just something that bugs me. I don't know. Like, for me, I, I cannot read a romance knowing that there will be cheating in there. Like, it might be fine and it might actually be done okay, but I don't like reading it i don't like being put in that drama in that situation in the yeah, no, pain it causes like, both parties because just... like that's what i'm saying like when when it comes to cheating in books when it's between like the main couple one of the people cheats on their partner and it's like the main couple mm-hmm. you know that that main couple is going to like end up together at the end of the book and it's like that always like rubs me the wrong way when like a cheater cheats on someone and then like they end up getting back together with them and it's like portrayed as like oh but it's like fine like I hate that you know like when it comes to when it comes to cheating I think in romance books I don't like it a lot of the books that I read like 
when it's involving a married couple and everything like there there is cheating but it's not shown in like a like this is something that can be forgiven kind of way but that's just like the like books about like you know like gone girl nick cheats and like that's yeah, not again, that's like handled differently than romance it's not yeah forgiven. like I'm that's okay handled that. differently than than like a romance book that does cheating i think that the way that romance books do cheating is like kind of like Some, yeah. it's like it's it can get a little gray and i don't like that because i don't like i don't like it when cheaters get away with things i think it's gross and in the french kiss did that we don't talk I don't about like that book <laughs> no I haven't read it because of that. Every a lot of people like it, and that's okay. Like, have fun with it. Um, I just know that I'm not gonna read it, even though like I've heard so many good things about it. Because um, that's one of the things that bug me most. That's one of the thing. That's one of the books that I'm like, I I will criticize that book, and like, if you like it, I'm not saying that you can't like it. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. It's it's like I'm not gonna say that it's a boring read. It it's entertaining in the sense that you're just like wow like there's like there's a lot happening with like not a lot of plot it's sort of just like events and like if you like the escapism 100 percent, go ahead and like read it but like you have to understand that i don't like it and i have my reasons for not liking it and like that's just like how it is like you're not going to change my mind just like let me dislike it i agree and like i'll let you like it i'm not telling you not to that's just like that's just me yeah but so for moving a little bit away from romance uh there is one I'm not going to say trope, but one thing that really bugs me in books, it's where, let's say you have a mystery thriller book, and the entire book is just, like, a setup, and the only time the plot actually kicks in is in the end. I really hate those books. I hate books that, like, tell me, oh my god, like, you have to wait till the end to get to the good part, and in the meanwhile, like, you have to be bored, like, 300 pages out of 350 pages just so, like, I can set up a big, like, explosion at the end. You know, I hate those, like, those types of books. Like, I don't really gravitate towards them because they're very annoying. So, I think that it's depending on what type of thriller you're reading. Like, if the plot twist is building up to something, I, you know what it is? I think that it's more, um, if the plot twist is actually like well thought out because I also prefer when you get to see like the one of the biggest plot twists in the middle of the book and then you get to see the actual fallout mm-hmm. that's my favorite but as far as like plot twists at the very end or like in the last 50 or so pages I think that it really depends on how well thought out the plot was and how well developed it was yeah because if you get to the end and because if there's like little moments throughout the book that make you sort of like stop because like if a thriller is boring you then like it's not either it's not your thing like either it's just not your thing or it's just not a well-written thriller Mm -hmm. you know it shouldn't be boring but if it's put in throughout the book like what might happen and you're like actually theorizing and guessing and then you get to the end And there's this huge plot twist that makes everything tie together. That's that's fine. Yeah, that makes sense. Like when 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 you read a book and throughout the book you like find little hints or little clues or you like solve a mystery and it's 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 not like big plot twists. It's like little um, hints or insights to what might happen at the end. That's fine. But when you go through an entire book, I have like I have a specific book in mind, uh, The one? Silent Patient. Oh, I never read it. I didn't like it. A, lo- a lot of people loved that book like two years ago when it came out. And I wasn't one of them. Like I read the book and I just, I found it really boring because like you go through like his thoughts and his life. And yeah, sure. If it was that type of book, it would be interesting to go through like this person's psyche. It's like, whatever. Um, but the 
the twist is at the in the end like right right at the end the last couple pages that's the twist and i'm like i just read like a whole book for nothing but this killer's thoughts and then you end up feeling underwhelmed yeah but that might be a spoiler so like for me i feel like there i'm <laughs> no one's surprised but like i'm gonna bring up gillian flynn mm-hmm. um so she has three books and I'm not trying to do this without, like, spoiling, but, like, Gone Girl, there's a huge um, plot point that's, like, direct, like, right at the 50% mark, right? And that, it just, like, it throws the entire book off what you thought was happening and everything. I mean, like, if you guessed it, great, but, like, I was 13, I didn't understand what was happening, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, I didn't guess it, but, um, so, like, that's a book that that manages to, like, put their plot, um, that manages to put their plot twist in the middle, and you get to see the real fallout and everything. That's my favorite. And then she has Sharp Objects, which puts the, um, like, final twist at the very end of the book, and it does it so well because she sets it up so wonderfully that you still feel satisfied at the end. And then she has Dark Places, which is a book that I wasn't a huge fan of, and by the time that we got to the end, that's one of those books where I felt like the final twist wasn't satisfying at all, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like it, like, again, it really just depends on, like I said, I think that any, I think that any trope, most tropes can be done well if they're written well. Yeah. And so like where you have sharp objects that was written beautifully and so wonderfully and Gone Girl, which again is like 10 out of 10 and then Dark Places, which is my, like, I didn't like it that much. And by the time that I got to the end, I was already so like exhausted from how much I wasn't really loving the book that by the time that I got to it and I found out what the final like twist was, mm-hmm. I wasn't satisfied. And that like sucks. that's like Gillian Flynn, one of my favorite authors of all time. And you really see like how it just like shows that you really need to set up your plot and you really need to like make sure that everything is tight because like a thriller is supposed to be very tight. You know, it's supposed to be like there should be no like I mean, obviously people should be asking questions at the end of your book when it's a thriller like that. But at the same time, like you have to make sure that nobody can like pull one string and like the entire plot comes apart you know what i'm saying your readers have to be like at the edge of their seats like waiting to know what happens next and you need to feel satisfied when Mm -hmm. you get to the end like because if your final plot twist isn't satisfying it really just like it makes you feel like the rest of the book just wasn't worth it because then like what did i spend this whole book reading for if i'm not going to be satisfied by the final twist like you said that you were with the silent patient yeah so like that's for me um i agree what other things do I not like? Oh my god, okay, this isn't like anything with plot or anything, but when there are no trigger warnings. <laughs> I hate that too. I don't like it when there's it's no the trigger worst. warnings. Um, I feel like when people hide the more triggering content that's going to be like later on in the book because of like quote unquote spoilers, I don't like that. That seems very like oh, it seems like you're kind of exploiting that. Like Like you're using people's triggers for plot. Yeah, like when you're you're throwing in abuse or when you're throwing in like, I don't know, like suicide or something like that as like a plot twist, it seems very like... Like first of all, it's lazy. And second of all, it's so insensitive in my opinion. Yeah, because like if you're... Like honestly, the author that I'm thinking of is Colleen Hoover. She refuses to give trigger warnings because she says that it spoils the book. And that's why so many of her books are marketed as romance. And she considers herself a romance author. 
you know, but like you look at the content that's in her books and there's always this one huge big thing that happens that's like super triggering for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Not like I I don't have any triggers. I have so right? many. <laughs> but like, I mean, I can read most things and I'll be fine. Um, I may have to take a break, mm-hmm. but there's not much that will make me go like I actually physically cannot read it. Um, but like sometimes I need to like put it down and like rest for a bit, you know, Um But, like, the fact that Colleen Hoover doesn't do that and then so many people go into her books and they expect, like, a really intense love story and she gives that. But, like, she also does not provide, like, the proper warnings for people because, like, oh, well, you need to you need to get to that part to be, like, fully surprised. And I'm like, why is, like, literal sexual assault, like, a surprise, you know? Like, why should that be like that's not that's not a surprise that seems very that's like exploiting it in my opinion i agree i agree like i'm one of those people who heeds trigger warnings like religiously like Mm -hmm. i need to know for books what the trigger warnings are because i get triggered really easily and there's a lot of books that i would love to recommend to you because like i think in theory you would like them but there's just a lot of material in there that like i know like even if you even if you just said like okay i'm gonna like sit down and like take a break like you like it just it wouldn't like the break would never end you know what i'm saying yeah and like don't obviously it, like it sucks that we can't like like I can't share the like some of the books that I love with you because like mm-hmm. I would love for you to read my dark Vanessa but there's a lot of stuff in that book that's like it's it's a lot you know yeah like I know that for me I don't push myself towards books that I know might have a triggering effect on me or a negative there's effect no on reason me. anyone should do that right like, because like, I, don't, I don't I don't read to to like bring back these emotions that I'm kind of like dealing with right yeah and a lot of these um trigger warnings are so helpful for some so helpful for someone like me who sometimes you know you don't specifically know like that this subject will trigger you but just knowing that this subject that it's a difficult subject will be in a book that I'm reading is very helpful for me to prepare my mind for it or to be like okay this is going to happen. Like, I'm I'm not someone who loves to read about death. But when I know there's a, like there's going to be death in a book, I am more emotionally prepared yeah. to handle that, that death. And I am not going to be crying for seven hours straight because a character that I got really attached to died. You know, yeah. it's it's more preparing myself. But then there are other books that I just cannot read because I know that the I material is something that you just can't handle. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to bring that point um, to another uh, pet peeve of mine, which is trauma porn, which is basically oh the into- my god. I'm thinking of a specific book. I know which book you're thinking yeah. of because it's also my book. Um, it's when the an author just literally writes an entire book filled with trauma after trauma after trauma for no reason in order to make her readers cry. That's the only reason, just to like I- I- elicit like really strong like difficult emotions and these emotions like at the end of the day yes they do make this book memorable but it's so difficult and so harm- harmful a lot of the times and it's it's, it's like, again what's the exploiting purpose? exploiting the trauma yeah. and the negative like emotion and connotation this these feelings like bring up and the book i'm thinking about is a little life it's yeah. basically a 700 page novel about four friends who meet in college and you follow them throughout their lives and it is nothing but sadness and I have not personally read it because it's one of those books that I will never read because I will never be able to survive it. Yeah. Um, but I've seen so many people read it and I've, I saw like someone like spoil the entire book uh, chapter by chapter um, just because I was curious, you know, it happened. Oh yeah, like I also got curious. I read the, I read the Wikipedia summary because like I also know I'm never going to read that book. Not because it's like specifically like 
triggering to me but it's one of those books that like I know that I'm gonna have to take a lot of breaks in between Mm -hmm. just to like prepare myself and I don't really want to commit to a 700 page book that I'm gonna have to take a break from that I'm gonna have to like prepare myself for and like for what for a book like okay because like the thing is is that if you want to respectfully tell some like tell a story that involves a lot of these triggering topics that's one thing but then the author herself has literally said that like there was no research done this is what i've heard Mm -hmm. um that like there was no research done about like the specific topics that were handled and because like the main character jude who deals with all of these issues um like he just came into her mind like fully formed so Mm -hmm. there was no need to do any research i hate when which is like that's kind of like okay like you might have a character but like that doesn't mean that you understand the traumas that you're about to be writing about Mm -hmm. and when it's so much because like i'm sorry if the entire point of your book was to show that you can like make people cry like i could do that I think anybody in the world can make a book that makes everybody cry if they wrote 700 pages of sexual assault and suicide and self-harm and literally like mutilating yourself and death and trauma like everybody could do that that doesn't mean that it's a good book and like I'm not I'm not denying that people have a very like strong emotional connection to this book but like again understand where the criticisms come from Mm -hmm. That's where, like, the main thing is for me because, like, you have to understand that people who criticize this book aren't doing it just to hate on it. And this is for any book, not just a little life. Like, you have to understand that there's a reason why certain people will turn away from this book. And, like, just because you have a very strong connection to it, like, that doesn't negate the fact that it's also very harmful. Yeah, and there was a time that this book was recommended a lot and I think that was horrible. I mean, it still is. It, it's so recommended and I think that people miss, like, miss the idea that first of all you can recommend a book but also like tell your audience like especially for like book talk or booktube or like any type of like platform that's recommending a book like this tell the trigger warnings tell your audience to like mm-hmm. be careful and this not, book is and not like for saying everyone. like oh trigger warning for everything like that that's not work. helpful because no. like all. i mean i take this stuff like pretty seriously and i'm not even somebody that like really needs to look out for them i'll Mm -hmm. look at them just so that i know again like i'll look out for them just so that i know what i'm getting myself into but like i i don't think that i i don't think that i've like ever turned a book down because of it and like that's just something that like you just need to be aware of yeah i also think that there are some books uh, that do deal with the incredibly traumatic events and they're very difficult to read um and that's not to say that every single book that deals with trauma is or that is triggering is not okay. It's more to say, this specific point is more to say that a You need book, to do it respectfully. Yeah, do it respectfully. Do your research. Do like, do right by your readers and your characters and make sure that, first of all, everyone knows the trigger warnings that you're doing and don't just shove trigger warnings or like for the sake of, for down like the sake throat. of saying like, oh, well, I'm going to put in this and this and that. Because, like, also, like, Sharp Object is a very triggering book. Even, like, I got a little, like, triggered in when mm-hmm. I was reading that book because some of the stuff that, like, is being talked about. I mean, it's a lot. Like, it's a very heavy book. It's a short book. It's, like, 250 pages. But there is so much put into that book. But it's handled with such nuance and such respect towards the characters and towards the people that actually have to deal with it. And they make you feel not like you're being attacked 
but like you're being seen. Mm -hmm. And that I think is a huge issue because when people write content like this, they're sort of just doing it in the sense of like they are attacking their characters with it instead of helping other people that are reading it feel seen because like also despite the fact that I was very sensitive to some of the stuff that happens in Sharp Objects I also felt very seen by some of the things that Camille was saying in her inner monologue and like Camille's not a nice person she's not like a good person but she's a very she's a very real person and it didn't feel like everything that Gillian Flynn was doing to her and the other characters in the book it wasn't like she was just attacking them Mm mm-hmm And, like, I just, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to, like, handle your characters with respect. Like, why would you just want to write a book that's going to make people cry for, like, the notoriety? Like, I don't understand it. I don't understand the motive behind it. I mean, she she is, like, incredibly prolific. Like, this book is very famous and popular for a reason, I'm sure. I'm sure the writing is amazing. Oh, yeah. No, like, I heard that the writing is absolutely fantastic. I heard that it's very poetic. But the content is, like, you know... I mean, that's, that's just me. Yeah. But, like, because, like, Colleen Hoover, so, like, obviously, It Ends With Us is um, one of my least favorite books. Um, and, like, it was, all like, mostly because I just don't like her writing style, but also because I didn't like the way that a lot of the stuff was handled. And, like, the story itself is a very personal story to the author. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought that the story was handled with, like, a bit of respect, you know? Like, I thought that she handled it kind of tastefully. It was just the way that she, like, built up to certain things and the way that the quote-unquote romances were handled that really irked me, Mm -hmm. you know? But, like, the overall story of, and, like, this is supposed to be a spoiler, but, like, I personally don't think it is, the abusive relationship that's portrayed and it ends with us was handled up to a certain point, I think. Um, up until the end for me with respect Mm -hmm. that's just my opinion but like I mean I could go on and on about it ends with us but that's not what this episode is about yeah so um I think another one of my pet peeves is also like you said bad writing but not just bad writing lazy writing I think that Mm -hmm. a lot of authors um the plots and the stories could be amazing but the writing is just it's not about writing mistakes or like spelling mistakes grammar mistakes that's fine just very stilted writing very very lackluster yeah uh writing and I think that when someone is a published author or if I'm spending a lot of money on a book I would I would like I'd like for it to be, you know, yeah. uh, easier to read or easy to access. But a lot of uh, a lot of times, like, there are some authors that I know that I don't particularly like. They have very either really dense writing that's just very dry mm-hmm. or really stilted, non-sequitur writing. Like, yeah. um, what's his name? I don't even remember his name. Oh, Nicholas Sparks. I don't like him. I, his stories... I have beef with him. His stories, I, I've read two or three of them. Um, the, the popular ones, the... Um, the Notebook, I think I read. I oh, read, you read The Notebook? I read, what's it called? Um, the With the girl with leukemia. Oh, the, oh my God. The, the, oh my God. The, uh, the Walk the, to Remember. A Walk to Remember. A Walk to Remember. Mm-hmm. And I read, I didn't finish it, but I read, um, what's that book? It's a movie also. Safe Haven? Yes, thank okay, you, thank yeah. you. I read all three of these. Did not finish uh, A Walk to Remember, and I got annoyed with The Notebook. I didn't finish that either. But his writing ignore the plot and whatever and the way he wrote things i'm not talking about that because that also bugged me but specifically the writing it's it's jarring to see how different 
like his writing makes the characters and the yeah. stories feel. Yeah. Because like in the movies, you know, movies are very different, whatever. But they were emotional. They made me like really connect to the characters, and the plot lines were great. In the book, I was very bored, and I normally don't say this, but the movie was so much better than the books, than the books that I've read, because like it's when you write emotional stories, your writing needs to. Be, be certain, emotional. Yeah, be emotional. Be co- connect me with the character. I felt zero connection. I didn't even cry in any of these books, and I cry in all books. So like, okay, so I have beef with Nicholas Sparks because like I went through a phase in middle school where I read, oh my god, I must have read like six of mm-hmm. his books or something. So I read The Notebook. I read The Last Song. I read Safe Haven. A Walk to Remember. Dear John. I read all of those. I read all of them. Right. And I don't know why I kept on doing it because each one that I read, I was feeling more and more frustrated because of the writing. And I think the writing thing is definitely more of like a preference. Right. Um, Because like I'm somebody that the things that I care about most are characters and writing. You know, plot for me comes last. Right? It's still important to me, mm-hmm. but it, it's just like lower. Right. Um, there are people that put plot above characters and writing. There are people that don't even factor in writing and like that's fine. But for me, my preferences are characters and writing. And, like, the thing is, is that when you're writing a story that's supposed to, like, inspire a lot of emotions, you have to understand that, like, you can't just write your story like a list of bullet points Mm -hmm. but in prose and then expect us to feel emotional. Because if I don't feel anything, like, I'm not going to be like, this book was so good. I don't like The Notebook in general just because, like, I hate the story and I hate the characters. Like, I, I really find those two characters frustrating. Um, like, I think that movie is so annoying and so, like, oh, my God. It's one of those Very romances. Overhyped. It's one of those romance. And, like, I love romance movies. Like, I forget about the fact that I'm not a romance reader. A romance movie, I will eat up. I don't care if it's I don't care if it's a romance, ad- like, a movie adaptation of a romance book that I don't like. I will watch the movie just so that I can feel something, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, if that movie, like, The Notebook, the movie, I just, I don't, I didn't like the characters more than anything so like i'm not gonna like the story because like just to say like plot of like the wealthy girl falling in love with like the poor boy that's a cliche and i eat that shit up every single time Mm -hmm. you know titanic one of my favorite movies of all time and i did it so well the notebook though because i hated the characters because i hated what are their names ali and ali and ryan gosling (laughs) um because i hated i think it's adam no. No, it's not. What is his name? <laughs> no, Noah, Noah, Noah. Okay. I remember great. it's like a Jew, so, uh, Israeli name. So, not because, Israeli, um, so, be, so because I hated Noah and Ali so much, I didn't like the movie, even though it was doing a trope that I usually love. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that really shows like the power of a good character to somebody that really like puts characters above everything like I do, you know, mm-hmm. like the people that don't really do that or the people that don't even like look at these things, um, and, like, really dig deep into it. Because, like, people that read for escapism, like, go ahead. Have fun. I just I just like to really pick things apart, you know? Mm-hmm. Even the things that I love, I'll pick it apart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You get it. But, like, for me, I do read for escapism. And, like, when I'm saying writing is important for me, I don't mean, like, the writing has to be incredibly lyrical and, mm. like, amazing, like, top-notch, no. you know? No. I mean, It like, just needs to make you feel. It just, it needs to be well done. And yeah. it, it needs to flow. And it needs to be enough you know like I know that a lot of uh independent authors because I read romance a lot I read a lot of independent uh authors uh who write romance and they don't have like 
the funds to, you know, go to crazy editors and do like amazing marketing for their books and whatever. So when I do read an indie author, I'm more lenient with that. But again, it's if like they have grammatical mistakes or they have spelling mistakes, I don't care. That's fine. Have like here and there mistakes. But the as long as you're writing isn't disconnecting me from the story yeah i will like your story as long as as long as the writing makes me feel connected to the story as long as it's like making me feel connected to the characters Mm -hmm. um like i think i think it should be fine even if like your writing is incredibly dry because like i do have more of like a dry sense of humor but i also really really love poetry and I also really, really love when writing tends to be lyrical. Like, I love Donna Tartt mm-hmm. so much. And her writing, like, some people just can't get through it because, like, her writing is very dense. And her writing is, you know, it sort of goes into, like, the, like, it's a bit, like, over the top. But, I like, I think that she's incredible. And a lot of people don't agree. And, like, I get it, you know? Like, she's not for everybody. Like, she's very dense. And her books, like, not a lot tend to happen. You know, so like I understand it, um, but like I also really love when authors can take like a more humorous approach. But like, if your writing doesn't flow, if your writing doesn't connect with me, I'm I, like I won't really feel like connected to the book itself. Mm-hmm. I don't. You know what I really don't like? Um, I think I said this once about <laughs> about Colleen Hoover, um, but just like this is also just in general. I like if you have an outline for your book, wonderful. Like, be a planner. You know, great. I love planning. Um, but, like, if I get the sense that your story is being told in, like, bullet points, like, if you just wrote out, okay, plot point one, this and this and this happens, and then plot point two, this and this and that happens, and you don't write anything in between to, like, connect it or make it flow, Mm -hmm. and you just add in, like, a bunch of, like, time jumps or, like, time skips, even if it's just, like, two weeks, if it keeps on happening, and then two weeks ahead and this happened, and then three weeks ahead this happened, like, it it will make the story feel very disjointed because I feel like I don't have time to sit with the characters, you know? No, I agree. I think when when you feel like the the author, like the story is a chore to write, like the author just wanted to finish with this point to get on to the next point and it wasn't really like explored. Maybe you shouldn't misses, be writing yeah, that story then. It kind of misses the essence of the story and it yeah. misses like the point. No, I agree. I think that um, another thing I hate, like you said, time jumps, but like very disjointed time jumps, mm-hmm. like unnecessary ones. There is no need for like if I'm reading a story and you're going to chat time jump from like a week to two weeks ago to two days then to like you know it's make it flow make it make sense yeah you know uh, I specifically hate like time jumps of like especially in romance books I hate time jumps of like years like 10 years like the couple first meet and then it's like 10 years later and then they meet again and then there's another time jump and then they like I don't okay. like that it just I mean I guess that's more for like second chance romance isn't it like that's more for those like that's more for not that necessarily mm, no like it doesn't have to be second chance romance sometimes they just meet and it's not even a romance they just meet and oh, then, they and then meet it's again. like oh like, like I remember you kind of thing right. okay well I mean I guess that's just like depending on what tropes you like more that's you know true. but like for me it's like it's fine like have a time jump I just I feel like I like for my stories I like being with the characters throughout their growth I don't yeah. like it when the growth is outside of the paper like off the paper yeah and then when you get back they're already like fully grown fully fleshed fleshed characters that I didn't get to see how it happened you mm-hmm. know if you introduce me to the characters when they're flawed let me kind of go and 
Yeah, because like if I don't get to see your character development, if I don't get to see your character development, I'm not going to believe it. Exactly. You know, like I don't like that. I don't know. I just don't like it. It's like, like I know. Oh, okay. Here's like a trope that I actually don't like, but a book that I think did it really well. Um, so like as we all know, I don't like the third act breakup, mm-hmm. but a book that I think handled it pretty well was The Kiss Quotient by Alan Wong. Um, just because I felt like it was really realistic to the characters. You know, oh, like sorry if you haven't read it, like there's a third act breakup. There is a third act breakup for almost every single romance out there. Well, like sure, yeah, I guess. That's pretty much true. Almost. Every yeah. Single um, it's a very popular thing. Um, a lot of people don't like it. I am one of them. Just because of like just because of like miscommunication and everything, I get really frustrated with miscommunication because it's like it I feel like they I feel like it's sort of just uses like a cop out for drama and a lot of the more like not well-written romances that are out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I agree. Like, Sometimes they use it just as a way to like, oh, no, they broke up. Oh, they're back together yeah. again. You're fine. Because, like, here's the thing. I love drama, mm-hmm. okay? I am a gossip. I want to know all the tea. I want to know all the drama. I want to know all the angst. I love that stuff, right? And when you use miscommunication, it sort of, like, robs you of it in a way. If you it's know what not I'm saying? done well, then yeah, yes. this is what I'm saying. Like the lazy writing, like the lazy miscommunication. Because when you just say, like, when there's, um, when you use a very popular trope, uh, that was like more from more from movies than like books, I guess. But like when there's like when you're like a couple, right? And then when the girl sees the boy talking with a girl, and that. then. Yeah they're like laughing together and the girl is like he's cheating on me oh my god he's like he's having an affair like i just have to leave and then it's like his cousin and then when the guy sees and he's not just like hey like that's my cousin he instead goes and sees her like storming off and is like but i didn't even do anything or like he just thinks that like she's mad at something that to me is like very lazy because like you could have put in so like something so much like more dramatic, something so much more like angstier to make me feel more like sympathetic to the characters. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like that, like the lazy miscommunication. I really don't like. Um, but yeah, like third act breakups. I think that uh, the Kiss Quotient did it really well um, because it was very true to the characters and the issues that they were going through. Um, miscommunication. Uh, people that does people that do it well. Uh, Sally Rooney. Her books are built off of miscommunication, but they do it in a very realistic way. And it really lets you see the flaws of the characters and how they grow and how they come back together and how they separate throughout their lives. Um, She does it really well in all of her books. I don't know any others, but I I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh, But yeah, those, they do it really well. Mm -hmm. I think like for me, I also think that uh, Get Alive, Chloe Brown did it well. I know you disagree, Mm. Um, but I I, I think that the the third act breakup was very, uh, if the character is like it it was because of their traumas and it happened like uh, both of them were triggered and it made sense to me what happened and how it like continued. That's how I feel about the kiss quotient, Um, the way that the way that Stella and Michael felt about like their own traumas and their own issues and everything like that third act breakup to me like it felt realistic. And it didn't just you know? come out of thin air. It was like it was throughout building the entire up. book. It was building up. Like exactly. that's the thing. I need to feel like there's I need to feel like there's a build up to this, not just I see him across the room at a party and he's talking to a girl and she touches his arm. And the second that I turn my back, he like shoves her away, but I didn't see it, so now I'm mad. You know, like it just I don't know. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, are there any others? I can't think of any others. I think I think we're good. I think that's it for this episode. Wow, it was a nice little like cathartic rant, I think. I agree. It I love a good helpful. I love a good rant. Um 
it makes me get out all of my like you know aggression yeah <laughs> um so i think that's it and i guess we will be seeing you next time so stay tuned goodbye bye fully booked read into it with michelle amar and liras levy all our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms search audioversity Universidade Audioversidade